The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Business is a competition. There are winners and losers. There's always someone trying to take your business away. And in business, just like sports, there are players, there are coaches, and there is a scoreboard. Welcome to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Whether you're a manager, executive, business owner, salesperson, or entrepreneur, The Business Locker Room is a show that will create content and conversations that will help you improve your business. Now, let's join your host, Kelly Riggs. And hello, everybody. Great to have you on board. Welcome to the Business Locker Room. I'm Kelly Riggs, your host. Find me online at bizlockerroom.com. It is the show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use to improve your business today. We try to bring on the types of guests that are going to give you the kinds of things that you can use every single day, beginning right after the show. Whether you're a sales rep, a manager, a business owner, an executive, an entrepreneur, or if you just have an interest in marketing, social is the show for you. It is the Business Locker Room. Again, I am your host. Thanks for joining us. You can always find us online, as I mentioned, at bizlockerroom.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Kelly Riggs. Boy, do we have a show lined up for you today. Uh, in our last segment, Miles Austin will join us, and we'll do our X's and O's segment, always brought to you by 4D Sales. And It is great to have him on board each and every week. This week, we will talk about a brand-new web tool that you can use to become more productive. That tool this week is called Tout App toutapp.com. Can't wait to get Miles on board and we'll we'll figure out how you're going to use that to improve your performance in the field. And then we'll be joined shortly by John Spence. John Spence is a guy that I have waited with great anticipation to bring online, to bring on board. He wrote a book called Awesomely Simple. And there are just a handful of books that I routinely recommend to everyone that I deal with, uh, people that are just looking for direction, clients that I work with, and this is now one of those core books. I want to highly recommend that you pick up a copy, Awesomely Simple, and we're going to talk to the author, John Spence, today. It should be a fantastic show going straight ahead. Uh, some preview coming down the, down the road next week. Charles Green will join me, and he co-authored with David Maester a book called The Trusted Advisor. We will talk about trust in the workplace, how important it is, what it takes to put it together in your organization, and the benefits that you can derive from having that. You'll want, you'll want to be a part of that one, too. Two weeks away, Todd Schnick will join us. May not be a name that you recognize, but this is a guy that is absolutely phenomenal in the podcast world, has been doing podcasts and interviews like these for quite a long, long time, and we will benefit from the experiences that he has had as uh, we have him join us in a couple of weeks. But we turn now to uh, our featured guest this week. He is John Spence. And John, as I mentioned, not only the author of Awesomely Simple, uh, but he has been around a long time. A lot of success in the business world. If you go all the way back to the very beginning, 
At just the age of 26, he was named the CEO of an international Rockefeller Foundation and clearly did very, very well there. He has been out on his own over 20 years. His catchphrase is making the very complex awesomely simple. And his book is is just fantastic. He's been presenting workshops and speeches and doing executive coaching for more than 300 organizations worldwide, truly all around the world. But more importantly, he's been a guest lecturer at over 90 colleges and universities across the United States. And those institutions include places like Harvard, Stanford, and the Wharton School of Business at the University of Pennsylvania. It is just a great pleasure to have him on board. John, thanks for joining us. It's absolutely my pleasure, my honor, Kelly. You know, based on uh, your background and your resume and the things you're involved in, I'm shocked you even have time <laughs> that you, you, you can, you can you know, take a couple of hours and carve it out of your schedule. Thanks for doing that. Uh, really great to have you on board. But let, let's, let's go back to the beginning just a little bit. I, I'm intrigued by the fact that you began at the age of 26 as a CEO. That certainly is not typical. Tell me about that experience. Well, it, <clears throat> we're going we're gonna to have a little fun and back up even a little bit earlier than that. Um, my first try, I failed out of college. Uh, and I failed out of the University of Miami in Miami, Florida, where I grew up. I went to prep school down there, uh, grew up in a wealthy family, uh, went to the University of Miami. And, it, because, and I chose that college because it was near my boat and my girlfriend. Uh, so if it was sunny, I went fishing. If it was rainy, I went drinking. And I got a 1.6 GPA <laughs> and was was quickly uninvited to uh, to go to the University of Miami. But it gets better because my, my father was one of the top alumni ever to graduate from that college. The year I got kicked out, he was on the board of directors, and there was a wing of the law school named after him. So you, you really got to mess up to get kicked out of a college where there's a building named after your family. Uh, long story made bearable, I, I, I reapplied at the University of Florida in Gainesville, Florida, where I live now, was flat out told no. I mean, they literally laughed at me at the registrar's office. Uh, went to the local community college, Santa Fe, uh, where I really turned my life around. G- started to get good grades, got into U of F, and ended up graduating number three in the United States in my major. And when I was in college, I said to myself, what would my dream job be? And as you can get an, an, an idea from what got me kicked out of college in the paid to travel around the world, lay on the beach, drink rum drinks, play golf, and go fishing and get a paycheck for that. And I applied to a whole bunch of companies, and one of them that uh, I, I got a bunch of offers, and one of them was a thing called the Billfish Foundation. And it was a private foundation run by Winthrop P. Rockefeller III that invested money worldwide in fisheries conservation, specifically billfish. Uh, so I got a job right out of college doing marketing public relations for them. And within two and a half years, I was elevated to the position of CEO and ran it for another five years. Uh, tremendous learning experience. I had three billionaires on my board. Uh, Greg Norman, the golfer, was on the board, uh, traveled all over the world, and uh, really was, it, in all frankness, it catapulted my career. Well, it is a fantastic story. You're listening to John Spence, and you can find him online at johnspence.com. It's a fantastic story. You know, what's impressing me is that even at a young age in college when you failed, you still had a plan, John. You had a plan for sunshine, and you had a plan for rain. I don't know what's all bad about that. At least you had a plan, right? In seriousness, though, what turned the corner for you? I mean, a lot of people go down that route, and they never recover. How did you turn it around? I, I, can, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, when I, it was, was when I was standing in the registrar's office at the University of Florida. I handed the woman my transcripts, and she looked at me and went, <laughs> we don't take people like you. 
Wow. And I, it just, boom, it hit me in the heart. And I said, I never, ever want to hear that again. And I remember walking down the steps, sitting on 13th Street University, which is a couple miles from my home now, uh, and crying and saying to myself, I got myself into this. My family can't fix it. My dad can't fix it. My mom can't fix it. And I made a commitment that day to become an expert on success. And that's when I really started, you know, you know that I read about 100 to 120 business books a year. And I have pretty much every year since that day uh, in 1987. Um, so I became a fanatic for learning everything I humanly could about how to have a happy, successful, balanced, joyful life. And then when I, became a, when I went into business, I just decided to apply the same thing and read and study and learn everything I humanly could about how to be good at my job, then how to be good as a CEO, then how to grow businesses, build businesses. Um, I'm a fanatic for constantly taking in the best ideas I can get my hands on. You know, it's interesting. I read your bio online, and, and I want to read this paragraph because it's, it's really interesting to me. Affectionately referred to as the human cliff notes by many of his clients. John is known for taking massive amounts of research combined with his personal hands-on experience to deliver timely, focused, results-driven programs. John reads a minimum of 100 business-related books each year, listens to an additional 30 to 50 audiobooks, giving him an incredible depth and breadth of knowledge from which to draw. You know, in the world in which it's very difficult, John, to create competitive advantage, my, my sense is that is an extreme competitive advantage. You simply know things that other people do not know. Yeah, I've just had, I've had, act, and then you add in the, the ability to, to stand shoulder to shoulder with some of the best and worst CEOs and business people in the world. And between those two things, I, I basically built my entire career on looking for patterns. Uh, I, I was, you and I were discussing before we started the show, uh, the fact that I just did a new program on how to generate referrals. Well, I told you the way I, I know a lot about that. My entire business is driven on that. It has for 20 years and it's been very successful. So intuitively, I know a good deal about it. But I went to Amazon.com, bought every single book that had the name referral in the title, 31 books, read them all, cover to cover, about 8,000 pages, and boiled it down to 42 slides. So, you know, that, and, that, and what I did is I just looked in every single book and said, what is the pattern of the strongest recommendations that also resonates with what I do every day and the stuff that I know to be true? And once I get that pattern, you know, it's, that's what the book Awesomely Simple is. It's the pattern of business excellence. Yeah, I, I love the book, and I, I got to tell you, you're going to owe me a lot of money. I'm going to sell a lot of those books, I can promise you. One, one of the finest business books that I have ever read, and folks, it's really simple. I mean, it, it is a distillation of all of the things that John has learned, both in real-world uh, sort of application, but also fr from the, uh, the collective wisdom. And, I, and John, I like to call this show the fusion of collective wisdom and real-world business experience. That's exactly what you wind up being, your book, Awesomely Simple. When did it come out? It came out in uh, 2009, and uh, it's, it's still got legs. Uh, we, we moved through 1,000 of them a month or so. Uh, a lot of clients use them. And I, I think the thing that most people like about the book, and I'm not a big guy for plugging my own book, but it's, it not only gives good, solid information you can apply, but as you know, at the end of every chapter, there's an audit, there's questions, there's suggestions, there's tools. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a big fanatic for ideas are useless if you don't implement them. Right. People go, oh, you're a motivational speaker. I am not a motivational speaker. If you get motivated, it's your own fault. I'm an informational speaker because I want you to take the stuff and apply it. Go out and use it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my, my experience is, is that people do get motivated when they get real material that they can actually go out and use. You know, that feeling that comes with, wow, look at what's possible, uh, probably lasts about the time we get to the parking lot. Bingo. 
Yeah. I really care about giving people things that they can use. Well, let's talk a little bit about the book. I mean, the, the book is absolutely incredible. It's called Awesomely Simple, Essential Business Strategies for Turning Ideas into Action, which is really where the rubber meets the road. In, in the first part of the book, by the way, it, it communicates your six principles of business success and I'll get through all six of those, uh, at least uh, from a highlight fashion. But let's start with number one. The number one uh, principle is vivid vision. And in the book, you say, quote, clear, vivid, and compelling vision is the first principle of business success. And that's interesting to me. Why do you say that? Well, and, you know, I, there's a, there's, the first principle is if you don't know where you're going, where you're trying to take your business, it's hard to attract top talent. It's hard to attract clients. Um, you know, I have a great phrase that I love, ambiguity breeds mediocrity. You know, I teach a lot of classes on creating um, cultures of accountability with disciplined execution, and that all comes down to having a clear, vivid, compelling vision and strategy for growth that is exceedingly well communicated. And, you know, when you get that, then you can go out and you can, you can in, uh, encourage top talent to work for you. You can get them engaged and excited and passionate about that vision and that cause. And that, that's also what creates a following for your business and it gets your customers involved in your business. You know, it's interesting when you talk about vision, some people may internalize that, call that a mission statement. Some people look at values and so forth. But in, in reality, all three of those things are different. But John, what I found is years ago, someone wrote up in the business literature somewhere something about having a mission and vision statement. So CEOs of companies of all sizes uh, ran back to their, their boards or their boardrooms and decided they needed to do that. And they put all that together. You know, they went out, played golf for three days, killed a bunch of trees, came up with a mission and vision statement, stuck it on a plaque on the wall, and nobody in the entire company can tell you what it says. Right. Well, right. Uh, how, how, do, how do you move beyond this, uh, we need one, to creating something that really works and really informs what the company does on a daily basis? I've done lots and lots of some uh, retreats in those sort of areas, and the thing that I drive for is, is you know, the, the, the vision is where do we want to be, and it's got to be something staked out in the future what do we want to achieve? Why are we here? What's important? The mission to me is who, you know, who would miss us if we were gone? What are we, who are we serving? What are we doing? And then our, the values are the core things about how we do business, how we interact with each other, how we take. I don't, you know, I always tell people it's, you're not trying to write a Pulitzer Prize winning novel here. And it, it can be in bullet points. It could be a sentence. I'm not going to get wrapped around the axle about the form of it. The, mat, the key thing is you've got to be passionate about it. It's got to be real. It's a stake you put in the ground. It's something you're excited about. Um, it should be the last thing you think about before you go to sleep at night and the first thing you get up in the morning and rush off to work to do. Not necessarily the vision, mission, statement, or the values itself, but the purpose behind the business, which is codified in those documents, uh, is the thing that drives everybody. So, you know, having done this for many, many companies, I don't argue about whether you want to call it a purpose or a vision or a mission. All I want is something that people are really darn excited about and they, they, you know, they smile just as much coming to work as when they leave work because they're engaged, they're having fun, they're excited about delivering value, excited about helping people. Well, like you said, it, it is actually something that people know and understand and can articulate to anyone who might ask. So many of these mission and or vision statements are just a bunch of gobbledygook, business speak, hyperbole. It for in any organization in America, no one would know the difference. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, if, if you've got, um, let me take a second, and, and we, I know you want to go into each one of the chapters, but I've sort of taken that book and, and even boiled it down even further 
So I've got the 278 or 80 pages down to a, a formula of what I call my formula for business success. And it really, I think, is a great outline of it. And here's what it is. It's in brackets, T plus C plus ECF, end bracket, times DE. And that is talent plus culture plus extreme customer focus multiplied by disciplined execution. And I think if you nail those four things, it encompasses pretty much everything I covered in the book. And, you know, making it awesomely simple, I tried to get it even down even tighter. And if, you, if you've got top talent, a winning culture, you're extremely connected to your customers and understand them at a deep level, vision, mission, strategy, and those things every day, I believe you're building the foundation of an extremely successful business that can be sustained. That's uh, great stuff, John. We're going to take a quick time out. We need to pay a few bills and uh, let uh, some of our sponsors take over for just a couple of minutes. But on the other side of the break, we'll come back and we'll talk much more about Awesomely Simple, just an incredible book by John Spence, who, who is our guest. Again, you can find him online at johnspence.com. We'll take a time out. On the other side, you're listening to The Business Locker Room. I'm Kelly Riggs. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Back to the Business Locker Room, the show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use in your business today. Great to have you on board. BizLockerRoom.com is our website, and you want to go there and check out future shows, people we've talked to in the past. Just an absolutely amazing guest list over the past three months. Guys like my guest today, John Spence. You can find John at JohnSpence.com. Follow him on Twitter as well, uh, at John Spence in the Twitterverse. John, we're talking about your book, Awesomely Simple, and, and you gave us a great um, uh, formula, if you will, before the break 
that had to do with success, breaking down the components of your book into something shorter. Run that by me one more time. Sure. It's uh, T plus C plus ECF times DE. And what that stands for, did that quickly, is <laughs> talent plus culture plus extreme customer focus multiplied by discipline execution. You know, it makes a lot of sense when you see it that way. And, of course, it corresponds directly with your book. In your book, you talk about corporate culture at length. And you make the statement that corporate culture is the only sustainable competitive advantage. And some people may find that hard to believe, A, that it would be a competitive advantage. Most people, I think, would go there. But to be the only one, John, is the only sustainable competitive advantage? Uh, well, you know, it's it, I've just... I've just recently did a bunch of research on, uh, on this topic, and there, there's a great new Harvard article on called The Death of Sustainable Competitive Advantage. You know, there are some companies that might have a proprietary uh, software uh, algorithm or maybe a drug that's on patent for a while. But over the long term, you know, and I mean the very long term of a company, if you get it down to its culture, and if you want to break it down even further, Kelly, it's really, to me, it's the quality of the talent that you can get, grow, and keep on your team and the relationships they create with their customers. So you need a culture, what I would call a winning culture, that creates highly engaged, satisfied, and loyal employees because that's the number one factor of having highly engaged, satisfied, and loyal customers. So if you can, if you can create a culture that attracts top talent, and engages that talent, then they go out and create great relationships with your customers. That is a sustainable competitive advantage, maybe the only one left to many companies, maybe not all, but most companies. Uh, and it's also very, very hard to copy. And, yes. and I'll, let me add one thing quickly. I don't want to I'd never interrupt the host, but I just did a proprietary research study of about 10,000 high potential employees. And I asked them specifically, why do you work where you work? Um, these are people that could work anywhere they wanted to. They're so good if they quit this morning, they have a job at the competition by noon. And they basically told me about six things. Number one was fair pay. And fair was defined as 10% above or below what I would make to do the same job anyplace else. As long as you basically get parity on pay, I take it off the table as a motivator. Then it was, I want to do challenging work with cool colleagues in a company with a great corporate culture with a chance for growth and promotion, working for a boss that I really admire. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. I'm jotting these down as we go along. <laughs> uh, you know, just to get, I, I like the cool colleagues part. You know, everybody wants to work someplace where they become a part of something special. That that's part partly people and partly the culture that's created by leadership. Of course, Peter Drucker famously said said that culture eats strategy for breakfast. He certainly wasn't saying you don't need a strategy, but I think he was implying that the best strategy in the world is uh, pretty much dead on arrival if you don't have great people to implement those things. You, you, you talk about, the, again, culture quite a bit. One of the things that I took out of the book, you said, quote, people without access to information do not take responsibility for their actions. And I find that to be uh, really profound in the sense that every manager is trying to create accountability, John, and yet they're not willing to share the information that would, that would allow people to do so naturally. Yeah, <clears throat> transparency is one of the, the cornerstones of great leadership. If you're going to empower people, if you're going to ask them to be accountable, you've got to share as much information as you humanly can. And let me take a second here. Apple hired me years ago to come in and do a class on uh, disciplined execution and accountability. And I boiled it down to five key steps. And a lot of people think this is one of the most powerful ideas I, I, I teach. 
So here's the five keys to creating a culture of accountability. Number one, if you're going to hold someone accountable for an important project, a big, you know, a big strategy or something, you have to get 100% clarity and then give them the appropriate authority. And, and that's where transparency and information comes in. So you've got to sit down and say, here's the metrics, here's the measurements, here's the timeline, here's the due date, here's your resources, here's your budget. And I'm giving you all of the information and the appropriate authority to allow you to carry this out. That's step one. Step two, then, is 100% agreement. That person needs to look you in the eye and say, I understand the metrics. I understand the measurements. It's enough budget. You've given me enough authority. I have enough information. I think this is a reasonable and attainable goal. I accept full accountability. It's been my experience over the last six months traveling all over the world teaching this idea that almost no one does that at, a, at, a, at an effective level. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, literally, I've, I've been in front of about 30,000 small to medium-sized business owners and asked them on a scale of 1 to 10 – with 10 being world class, where would you, you know, how many of you in the room would rate yourselves a 9 or a 10 on always getting 100% clarity plus authority and 100% agreement on all of your most important projects and not a single person on the face of the earth yet has raised their hand? You're right. It's uh, just, you just don't find it. Yeah. And then I'll give you the last three real quick. Step three then is track and post. And again, this is about transparency and sharing information. If you're going to hold somebody accountable for a goal, you got to let them know where they stand against that goal. Right. And you, you know this well from sales. This is the, you know, your quota board that you walk in and it tells you exactly how well you're doing against your quota, how, much, how many units you've sold, how many sprockets you've sold. There's no guessing. Uh, and again, it goes back to my, my, uh, one of my favorite phrases. I said it earlier, but it's so important, especially here is ambiguity breeds mediocrity. So track and post, track and post, track and post. Then here's the next one. Most people feel like when you track and post them, you're doing it so you can punish them. So you can come in at the end of the quarter and go, look, you missed your numbers. You're not getting, you know, bonus. Well, A, that's kind of stupid because if they miss their numbers, you miss your numbers too. Yeah, right, right. Uh, But number two is what you need to do is use the fourth step, which is coach, mentor, and train. So after you track and post and you're, you're letting everybody in the company know where everybody else stands, which is very scary, You have to teach them that the reason we're doing this is not to punish you, but the second you get off track, we're going to run in and help you. We're going to give you resources. We're going to give you coaching and training. Um, You know, let's use the sports analogy. It's like the coach at the end of the game after the team's lost, go in the locker room and go, you did this wrong in the first quarter. You did this wrong in the first quarter. You did this wrong in the third quarter. Well, it doesn't do me any good then. So you need to run over and do that coaching and training right at the, at the spot where it's going wrong. And then fifth and final one is reward success lavishly. And by lavishly, I don't mean money, but, you know, praise, awards, maybe money, uh, you know, flex time, whatever you want to give them. And then <laughs> the other side of that is deal decisively with mediocrity. So it's one of the biggest challenges that almost all my clients worldwide face right now is lack of accountability and disciplined execution. It really comes to those five key steps. clarity plus authority, 100% agreement, track and post, coach, mentor, and train, celebrate success, deal decisively with mediocrity. You're listening to John Spence. Find him online at johnspence.com. If you're not convinced now that he needs to be among the things that you read and listen to on a regular basis, you might as well give up at this point in time. Here's a guy clearly that knows exactly what he's doing and knows how to communicate it extremely well. You, You know, there is a quote that you have in your, I actually stopped the book and highlighted this and, and, and very specifically want to talk about it here. You say, to quote my friends at Microsoft, stop the insanity, stop any meeting, discontinue any report, eliminate any procedure, 
kill any rule, revamp any process. I mean, you're narrowing it down here a lot. That does not add real value to the organization and allow people to do their jobs more efficiently, more effectively, and more quickly. It seems like so much of what management has become over the years, John, is just simply a bunch of rules and regulations that actually do prevent people from being effective. Oh, it's, it's, I, I walk into some companies, I don't understand how in the world they're still in business. And, you know, here's the reason, and I'll explain it from the Microsoft standpoint, but it should be any company. If you understand that top talent drives the success of your business, A, it should become a, it should become a strategic objective then. You should be donating significant or investing significant time in building a pipeline of top talent and then growing that talent once you get in there. But if you've got really, really smart people working for you like they have at Microsoft and Google and Apple and a whole bunch of companies, why in the world would you waste their time with a stupid report, a stupid meeting, a, a meaningless phone call? Every minute that they're not developing great stuff for you is a minute you're wasting. So in smart leaders, the ones that understand the value of the people and the value of their time, work like crazy to remove any roadblock, any hurdle, any bureaucracy to free their people up to be innovative, to, be, to collaborate, to create, to make the company successful. But on the leadership side, John, I mean, I think you'd agree it takes an enormous amount of uh, self-confidence and belief in oneself as a leader to surrender that kind of authority and that kind of uh, decision-making. I mean, that's where so many uh, bosses find their values in the ability to make those decisions, solve those problems, and really become the bottleneck inside of an organization. How, how do you find those kinds of leaders? Well, it, it's a great, great question, and, and I've done some executive coaching in the past, and I've worked with leaders that couldn't make that leap. And what I've, what I've told them is a couple things. Number one, I know you're juggling a lot of balls. You've got to figure out which ones are rubber and which ones are glass. Hand the rubber ones away. You're the, you know, figure out the stuff that only you can do as the leader. The stuff that, and that list should be what I would call finite and manageable. Four or five things where you as the leader truly add value, then, then you have to have the courage, uh, and this is an interesting word, the courage to be vulnerable enough to ask for help. And that, that, again, I just told you about that research study I did of the 10,000 high-performance employees worldwide. Mm-hmm. One of the things they told me is, for a leader of the future, we want a leader who is a collaborator, who's highly competent at what they do, is self-aware, but self-aware enough to be vulnerable and say, this is, I don't do this well, you handle it, or you do it as well as me. And the other things, too, is, is a lot of those leaders have to learn that, or a lot of managers and leaders have to learn that as long as we get the outcome we wanted, it was prudent, legal, ethical, and in the best interest of the company and the customer, they don't have to do it my way. They just have to do it a way that gets to the outcome because I think a lot of those leaders think either A, I'm the only one that can do this, or B, if I don't do it, it won't get done right, or C, it's got to be done my way. And those are three really erroneous ideas. And let's be frank, in the, with the speed of technology, the amount of uh, competition, things happening so fast, you cannot try to ha- you can't handle it yourself. You have to surround yourself with a great team and ask for help. Yeah, I, you know, you've mentioned some things you just don't find in people's assessments of leaders. You don't find companies assessing one's vulnerability or their self-awareness or those types of things. You know, and I think uh, to, to be somewhat fair, it's, it's hard to measure those things. Most people get promoted because of their knowledge, their performance, or their skill. We pay very little attention to their leadership skills, specifically vulnerability or even self-awareness. John, what, what kinds of advice do you have for companies who really want to change 
the way they hire and promote their leadership. Well, it's, you know, there's, there's two sides to that coin. You've got to be highly competent at your job skills, and you also have to be highly competent at uh, your leadership skills. Two completely different skill sets. So, and what we're really talking about here, Kelly, is authenticity and people who are honest, which is the number one factor that people want in a leader they would willingly follow. Tell me the truth. Uh, number two is forward-looking. Are you visionary? Number three is competent. And again, in those two competencies, good at my job skills and good as a leader, uh, the next one is inspiring. And that doesn't mean you've got to be a cheerleader and go rah, rah, sis, boom, bah. And then the last two are fair and supportive. So when you look at that competency model, which comes from um, Kuz's and Posner's work, uh, it lined up perfectly with the research that I just did that said, you've got to be able to assess people not only on their talent and their skills and their knowledge, but their IQ, but also on their EQ, on their authenticity, on their honesty, on their integrity, and on their willingness to be highly self-aware and at times, not all the time, but at times, vulnerable, vulnerable enough to admit they don't have all the answers and they need some help. The name of the book is Awesomely Simple, Essential Business Strategies for Turning Ideas into Action. Absolutely one of the must-have, must-read books that you need to put into your library if you're in organizational work whatsoever. You're a manager, you're a leader of some sort, doesn't matter if you're on the corporate side, the nonprofit side, even the volunteer side. There are things in here that are going to make you better at what you do. John outlines the six principles of business success, and he gave us a nice formula for those. But the six principles, John, before I let you go, vivid vision, get the best people, robust communication, then a sense of urgency, disciplined execution, and extreme customer focus. Uh, I, my sense is to even get to extreme customer focus. The other five are non-negotiables before you can even get there. It, a, lot of, a lot of companies pay lip service to customer service. Most don't get there. Yeah, um, and here's what I'll, I'll leave it is, is One of my big mantras is whoever owns the voice of the customer owns the marketplace. And as you said, you've got to have those other five in place because if you didn't, you would attract customers that you would then disappoint, lose, and they'd go out and help put you out of business. But at the end of the day, um, I think that the company that through technology, through meetings, through VIP panels, through surveys, through everything, is connected to their customer and understands them deeply, that's another huge competitive advantage that's hard to overcome. If you have a better relationship and you understand your customer better than your competition, very, very hard to beat you on that. Yeah, I would, I would agree. The, the, tell me a little bit about the sense of urgency. I mean, there's been a lot written clearly about speed inside of organizations and, and the velocity of, of, of throughput and other things. It just, just, and, and there's an enormous amount of trust that goes into that. How, how do you describe sense of urgency? Well, a couple of things I'll throw in there is, and, and I call it now, I call it nimbleosity, being nimble with velocity. And if you do it well, you're nimbleicious. <laughs> that came from uh, working with Apple. But the idea here is to, is to knock down every hurdle, remove everything to allow people to move quickly. And then when, and let's go back to that vision, values, mission, strategy. Great quote, when values are clear, decisions are easy. When people, uh, when there's a clearly communicated vision, uh, there's a clearly communicated strategy, the values are clear, and there's transparency, what happens is, is people then can make decisions quickly because they know what they're supposed to do, what they're not supposed to do, where they're headed, where they're all trying to go together, so it doesn't take 100 meetings and 57 emails. You just, get, you just do it because you know this is the right thing to do for the company and the customer. Just great stuff, John. I, I, I tell you, I've got pages of notes here, and uh, clearly when you say you have content, you deliver in a big way. <laughs> 
And I, and I, I mean, I just can't say thank you enough. Great to have you on board again. John Spence, he is the author of Awesomely Simple, johnspence.com. Follow him on Twitter, at John Spence. You will get more and more of this kind of material on a regular basis. And if, if your company needs a guy to come in and make a change and turn you around, he is my first choice. John Spence, hey, thanks for joining us. My honor, Kelly. Thank you. Have a great day. Fantastic. Hey, we need to take our final time out after a short break. We'll come back. We'll be joined by Miles Austin, and we'll talk about Tout App. I'm excited to see what that business is going to do for my productivity personally. And when we come back, he will jump right into the show. You're listening to the Business Locker Room on Voice America. I'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit Voice America. Welcome back to the Business Locker Room. Kelly Riggs, great to have you on board. Wow, wow, what a segment with John Spence. Uh, I mean, it just absolutely, one, one of the few guys I've seen that can keep pace with my friend David Newman, who we had on a few weeks ago to talk marketing. He is absolutely chock full of content. Great to have him on board. We're going to move into the X's and O's segment of the show, always brought to you by 4D Sales. 4D Sales. Our good friends developed a tablet-based sales tool that you can use with iPad or any Windows 8 device, and it's that tool that you must have. I mean, you you hear Miles talk about must-have tools. Well, this is definitely one of them. We reviewed it several weeks ago, and we both use it. It is a, a tool that allows salespeople to present information in an interactive, visually appealing way that makes it compelling, and you've got everything you need right there in front of you, and it's it's just easy to go between pieces, between price lists and brochures, PDFs, slide decks, slides that you have in those decks, web pages, videos, you name it. It creates a consistency and availability that you cannot get in other types of tools. Sure, you could you could have it in separate files and all of these things, but it doesn't present the same way. It's not nearly as robust. And the neat thing is, if you're a VP of sales or a sales or an owner of a company with salespeople, it may, you can maintain consistency with all of your salespeople and all of their materials, making sure 
that it's absolutely current and everyone is singing off the same sheet of music. I've been in the sales and marketing business for a very long time, over 30 years, and it is one of those truly easy-to-use tools that is going to make a big difference in the way you do business. 40 sales, and they make this uh, segment with Miles Austin possible. Miles, thanks for joining us. Hope you're doing well this week. I'm doing well, and I couldn't keep up with Mr. Spence. I'll tell you what, man, that guy is just a font. I, I can't write that fast. I have to go back and re-listen to the show just to get all of my notes in order, but... Man, what a, what a great piece of information, just so many parts of his book. But this week, um, Tout App, we're going we're gonna to do what we always do, and that's to bring our listeners a great new tool that they can use. And, and I must confess, I had no knowledge of Tout App, no awareness of it, so I went and looked at it. I'm going to let you introduce it to our listeners. Thank you, Kelly. Um, look, Tout App addresses what I think is the number one productivity drain or an enhancer for anyone in business. Specifically, as you know, Kelly, in my world of sales, salespeople send a lot of emails, but they generally don't know which ones work and which ones don't. Whether you're at an individual salesperson level or you're managing a team, you really are shooting in the dark. And very frankly, there's some of your sales team that maybe has the ability to write very effective emails and some don't. ToutApp, just one of these applications that are within ToutApp are focused to give you the ability to know specifically which emails are effective, which words are most effective, in addition to all of the other analytics of who's opened it, when have they opened it, who have they forwarded it to, etc., etc. So it's a great tool, all wrapped around the practice that we all live in, and that's email. Wow, so, but you're talking about the kinds of emails, uh, Miles, that, that we send to customers. You're not, you're not talking about inter-office emails and traffic of that kind of thing, right? Correct. I mean, obviously, inter-office things are just replies and responses to, but these are emails that you're sending out on a regular basis to a customer or a prospect or even a business partner. And so if I am a sales rep, internal or external, I'm sending messages to customers to try to get them to uh, interact with me, respond to me, uh, set an appointment with me. And what you're telling me is this is an application that will actually help me choose my words, uh, create a more effective message with my customers. Correct. In fact, you know, I like to look at it that I think the sum is always greater than the whole of its parts. And as a sales leader in the past, what I learned was that I have reps, every one of them has very good strengths and a few weaknesses. And what ToutApp gives you the ability to do is collect a library of best practices, best words, best techniques, best timing as an example, we'll talk about in a second, of when and where and how and what to say in these emails that you want to send out. Again, whether they're prospects, existing customers, could be customer service, or it could just be business partners that you're interacting with. Well, that's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, when you think about the amount of interaction that we have with customers in emails, um, I, and I assume that, again, we're talking about uh, those types of selling emails where we're trying to gain some sort of awareness or uh, interaction with a customer. It is amazing that business owners and sales managers turn over that responsibility to people that are all not created equal when it comes to, you know, creating email messages for their customers. Well, sure. Well, in addition to that, Kelly, just think about when you have new people coming into your team. It's hit or miss. And, and usually, and unfortunately, in most organizations, it's like, you know, go get them, Tiger. But you know what? Why not wrap 
an example and build it into the actual email application of your best, most productive, most seasoned sales pros so that your brand new rep today can be sending the same kind of information and getting the same results as your seasoned pros. That's just good stuff. All right, so let me do what I always like to do. Put me in, put me in the saddle. Show me something that I would do with TaoDap. Give me a real-world application and kind of give me a sense of uh, the step-by-step process. So let's use an example, and I'll just talk from a personal example, Kelly, and I'd love your input on this. I like personally to deliver emails for business purposes, specifically in prospecting and customer relations. I like those emails to be delivered either late at night or early in the morning, right? That's my mm-hmm. own preference. What about you? Do you find that one or the other of those are most effective or, or have you noticed it? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. For me, typically, it's the late at night stuff eh? because uh, after I get through what everybody else needs and what I'm doing for everyone else, then I can finally get down to looking at the things that impact me directly. So I'm kind of a later at night kind of guy. Perfect. So let's use that example. So, again, I like emails to be sent either, either delivered late at night or early in the morning, especially to executives. But I don't always want to compose those at those times, right? right. Similarly, let's say that I want my email to show up two days after someone returns from vacation rather than hitting them smack dab in the middle of that email flow the day they get back from vacation and from Cancun or wherever it might be, right? right? Because we all know what happens. So just one of the capabilities within TaoDap with a, a integrated form is you have the ability to schedule like you would with a tweet or something, very honestly, when that specific email is going to be sent and delivered to a specific person for a specific reason. In addition to that, I can schedule what day of the week or what week specifically, or as an example that I use all the time, how many days after my last conversation do I want this next follow-up to be scheduled or to to be scheduled to go out, right? Mm -hmm. I have the ability now to automate all of that work and have it built in. And, by the way, the number one complaint a lot of people hear about emails is very poor integration into their CRM tool, whether it's Salesforce or whatever. ToutApp is going to solve that problem as well because all of the work that you do within your email is automatically captured and integrated in to something like Salesforce.com. Wow, that's pretty impressive. So now you've got the opportunity to sort of collect all of that. And, and, and one of the things I like about TaoDap that I've seen is there's an enormous amount of reporting and analytics for, for both the rep and the manager. And I want to get to that in a bit. But, you know, we send off our emails. Uh, in, in the past, Miles, it was kind of hit and hope. You know, we got to kind of stick it out there and hope that maybe somebody did something with it. But this tool enables me to know very clearly Exactly. Who's looking, where they're looking, what kinds of links they're opening, all of those kinds of things. It does. In fact, down to the level, let me use an example. Maybe you send as an attachment like a seven-page PDF. It can actually tell you which pages of that PDF were viewed, which page was viewed. That just blows my mind. Yeah, me too. Again, the challenge is if you're not having to worry about creating that that email masterpiece each time because you can now have these templates that have been created as a team exercise uh, with leadership involvement. You're able now to focus on what's happening with those emails, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the reality is all of this stuff, most of your emails in those functions are the same generally anyway, right? It's just repetitive. 
Right. And why not take all of that repetition, take the advantage of the way that technology works, and go forward from there. And you can do all of that from a mobile environment, from a desktop or a laptop, and always get notifications on that device when these different activities, these different triggers that you've decided are important to come into you on that phone. Well, I just it never ceases to amaze me all of the things that you gain access to that increase productivity, increase automation, enable people to do more things more quickly. You know, it's all about productivity. And, and, and as you talk about this, I, th- I think about my own personal circumstance, just the same email, writing the same types of email over and over. With this tool, I can save it as a template. I can call it up at any particular time. I can find the ones that create the most success for me and adopt that as best practices. I mean, there, there, there's just a lot to be said here. And I'm just one person, Miles. If we're talking about an inside sales team of 10, 15, 20, however many people, you're just multiplying that effectiveness many, many times over. 100% right. And remember, because of the tracking and the analytics that are built in, not only at the individual level, but also rolled up into a management level view, you can continue to tweak and get better and better and more effective with your messaging over a period of time. So the fact is, the longer you use ToutApp, the more in-depth you use it and you look at the analytics, the better your messaging and obviously it would flow, the better your results are going to be over time. You know, what we need to do is we just need to call John Spence and tell him that we need to know the best way to deal with email. He'll go out and read every book on the planet about it, and then he'll give us a (laughs) one-page summary. But it sounds like maybe Tout App would be somewhere near the the top of, uh, of the recommendations he would come up with because, if anything, it makes the whole process of managing your email flow in and out, it, it does make it awesomely simple. Well, it does, and I think, you know, the reason I ended up um, selecting ToutApp for my own activity was that there, there have been other apps that do some sorts of these kinds of things together, but in almost every case, they did not work with Outlook, and I am still, I came from corporate America, I still run Outlook as a, um, a server-based application, right? So it's mm-hmm. not just Gmail, and there's a lot of other applications that really need something like Gmail, a POP3 server kind of environment for those technically aware. This is one of those rare tools that can do something with Gmail and all of that, but it also works, in my case, directly with an Exchange server in an Outlook environment. And for most big companies, for most corporate environments, that's what they're running. Yeah, and, and you talk about that. I'm looking at their website, and one of their bullets on the tour is pure sales email productivity seamlessly fits into Gmail, Outlook, and for many people, this will be critical, into Salesforce as well. Suggest meeting times from your calendar, easily share trackable presentations and documents, set reminders for follow-up, schedule delivery for the most opportune time you led with that, and then track what happens after you hit send. Uh, there's very little this doesn't allow you to do, and that interconnectivity with what are typically cornerstone uh, uh, software applications anyway pretty pretty much seal, seals the deal. Let's talk about pricing just a little bit. You bet. First of all, they have a free trial, as a lot of these tools do. So you can go out and you can get the free trial. They have a, a, like a light version that they don't really promote on their site, and I'm not even sure how long that will be around. But if you just go to their site, you're going to look at what's called the professional edition, and that's 30 bucks a month. So think about it this way. It's a buck a day, right? 
right. but they have team additions, they have enterprise. So based on what your size and scope is, um, you have several options. The best thing to do is go start the free tile. You, and they are, by the way, they've got their internal team um, are customer happiness experts. It's amazing to me. But they will dazzle you with their own performance, with their own attention to you. Um, they are going to get to know you. They're going to get to know what your challenges are. They're a click of a mouse away at any time to help you with questions or how do I or I'm having trouble with an install or whatever it might be. So, you know, if you assume that you're going to spend a buck a day for this um, and then it goes up, you know, based on uh, how many people in a team, it'll be less per person. And, you know, it, it varies a lot as a lot of these tools do. So uh, you can check the pricing. The most important thing is start your free tile. What that will do It'll get you assigned to one of their customer happiness experts, and that's really the because these people are all really good at what they do over there. I, I, they're one of my favorite teams to work with. Fantastic. Just excellent stuff. Miles, really appreciate having you on board. Thanks for bringing us a brand new app, Tout App, and you'll want to check it out, toutapp.com. And as always, the Web Tools Guy, Miles, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Hey, that's going to do it for today's show. Special thanks to John Spence, who wrote Awesomely Simple. Find him at johnspence.com. And, of course, always, you need, to, you need to follow Miles. You get the kinds of things we talk about once a week on a regular basis. His website is fillthefunnel.com. Follow him on Twitter at Miles Austin. Special thanks to 4D Sales, by the way, our sponsor for making the X's and O's segment possible. Special thanks to Michael Sergeant. He's our engineer. Brandy Jackson is our executive producer. want to encourage you to visit our website, bizlockerroom.com. You can find out about current and future shows. Keep up with our blog posts as well. I'm Kelly Riggs. We're going to see you next week in the Business Locker Room on Voice America. I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining the Business Locker Room with your host, Kelly Riggs. Kelly will be back again next week for more business building content and conversation for your playbook. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of the Business Locker Room. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.